This is the MLW Radio Network. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Blackheart, the head honcho off the Top Roast Podcast. If you love independent and professional wrestling and like all the juicy gossip of the wrestling industry, then look no further than here, OTTR Headquarters. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Facebook groups, and whatever that you get your podcast from with our, with our latest Last Week of Wrestling, After Darts, Under Boss's Hard Taste, and now a new upcoming trivia game show, Wrestling Every, coming soon. So if you like what you've seen, you love professional wrestling, you love independent wrestling, you love everything about wrestling just yourself, give us a tune. You know, you would not regret it. Blackheart out. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah, yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was. Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we right? shared a room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go we? way back, mate. Yeah. yeah, we should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do. We do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Okay, yeah, yeah. Hey, the ending. Hey, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the broadcast podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Welcome to another episode of Headlines brought to you by the MLW Radio Network and the Front Row Material brand for Thursday, June the 2nd, 2022. Hope everybody is having a great day. As you know, Headlines is your one-stop shop for all things trending in the world of professional wrestling. Headlines scours all the social media sites and all the wrestling sites to keep you up to date and abreast on everything that's happening in the world of wrestling. We're the one-stop shop, so you don't have to spend all your time looking to find all of the details. Let's go ahead and let's jump right in to it, MJF has been trending all over social media since his big promo he cut last night on Dynamite. Now, Dominic D'Angelo is reporting at this hour for Wrestling Inc. MJF has been removed from AEW's roster page on their website. Now, whether it's a work or a shoot, AEW seems to be fully trying to erase the existence of Maxwell Jacob Friedman at the moment. The latest move in the MJF versus AEW saga has the promotion completely removing everything from him from their All Elite Wrestling website. 
like page. And they've even taken his merchandise down from AEWshop.com. If you try to go to either of the pages, you're going to get a 404 error code. Now, many believe that this is going to be now one of the biggest works in the world of wrestling. Many compared this to Brian Pillman and even Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Vince McMahon. Now, what the truth is, is probably somewhere in between. If you haven't gotten a chance to see Dynamite last night, definitely check out the promo at MJF Cut, talking about all of his grievances when it comes to Tony Khan and All Elite Wrestling. Let's go ahead and let's continue the news. Let's talk about how the viewership for AEW was last night. Dominic D'Angelo is also reporting in at this hour. All of the newsworthy happenings at AEW Double or Nothing paid off on the 6-1 episode of The Dynamite Show, with CM Punk fresh off his World Championship victory and the rumors swirling around MJF. Now, the program did draw 969,000 viewers on average with 522,000 in the 18 to 49 demographic. Now, to boot, that actually comes out to a .40 in the 18 to 49, which is actually a very impressive number. Now, the numbers put Dynamite up in total viewership by 4% from last week, which makes it the highest total viewership since April the 14th episode. Now, the 18 to 49 demo saw 14% uptick, which ranked number two overall in that demo for cable. Now, what else happened? Well, NHL Conference Finals on ESPN drew 2.36 million viewers, which was a .75 in the 18 to 49. Now, these numbers are considerable change from a year ago when, on the 6 4 2021 episode of Dynamite, only drew 462,000 viewers with a .19 rating in 18 to 49. So, it should be noted that AEW definitely has been on the rise. Now, something also to keep in mind, with the NBA playoffs and the NHL playoffs, things are going to be kind of difficult for wrestling right now. Many people are pointing to this fall and winter to see what truly the company is doing outside of the summer sports season. For more information, continue to follow Wrestling Inc. and Dominic D'Angelo for more information on everything that's happening in AEW. Let's go ahead and let's continue the AEW talk. Big Demo compares his backstage experiences in AEW versus the time he was in WWE. Dakota Cohen is writing in at this hour from Wrestling Inc. That Big Demo, formerly known as Killian Dane, has also made appearances in AEW, but so far he's already able to contrast the backstage differences between AEW and his former employer WWE. He says, and I quote, had all the production, all the pomp and circumstance that WWE has, Demo said on the two-man power trip wrestling podcast. It felt very WWE-like without the walking on eggshells and the difficulty with everything else. It was like WWE without the anxiety, which was very, very unusual, as so many people before had become very, very uncomfortable. And it was cool to see so many familiar faces. Almost 20 minutes, maybe not even 10 minutes, I'd run into somebody else who I adored. Now, Damo wrestled for WWE NXT from 2016 and 2021 when he got his release. He debuted as part of the group called Sanity, alongside Eric Young and Alexander Wolf. Now, they would go on to win the NXT Take Team Championships at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3, and the former WWE Raw Women's Champion and Tag Team Champion Nikki Cross currently competing on Raw as Nikki A.S.H. Now, Damo is grateful for the opportunity to go ahead and work in AEW, and he's hoping that this definitely leads to something else. If you'd like to find more about his experiences, how he compares the AEW atmosphere versus the atmosphere in WWE, go ahead and check out the article that is trending right now over on Wrestling Inc. Let's go ahead and let's talk a little about Jeff Hardy. Now, Jeff Hardy, as we know, had been released from WWE after what WWE believed was considered erratic 
behavior. Now Jeff is finally breaking his silence and he's talking about this. In his writing, This Hour for Wrestling Inc., Jeff Hardy had the entire wrestling world talking in December of 2021 when he hopped a guardrail during a live event, interacting with fans prior to the end of his match. In a situation that ultimately led to the end of his WWE career, Hardy did talk on Talk is Jericho, and it was something that he really can't explain. Hardy was part of a six-man tag that he was participating in with Drew McIntyre and Xavier Woods against the Bloodline. He recalled that when he was asked about this match, he said, I'd been saying to Roman how great this would be. Roman was all over it, and when it came to dream matches, this one was one of them. It was the first time they had competed in the ring together, and Hardy felt the crowd response was so strong and powerful. Then, after tagging in McIntyre into the match, Hardy opted to leave the match before the end and heading into the crowd to take pictures with fans. Ultimately, this led WWE to rushing to a drug test in order to check out if he was clean or not. In the end, Hardy's test did not show that he had any drugs in his system, but they still ended up parting ways with him in the company. Even substantially, even though I went over the guardrail, I mean, I was done, he said. It was just unpredictable, erratic behavior that Jeff does from time to time. Then the next day, they say, go to rehab or we're going to release you. Hardy refused to go to rehab and his brother was right by his side. Hardy feels that he's such in a great connection right now with the wrestling universe and he believes it is now the time that he has changed. He's letting things go, letting things out of his control that he cannot. This is likely why WWE then wanted to induct him into the Hall of Fame. Many believe it was trying to get back in Hardy's good graces for the subsequent release of him. But even though he maintains that he is drug free that night, he did apologize to his co-workers afterwards. His reputation for substance abuse and WWE was suspicious and that would let a lot of people to think something was off. He would go on to say, and I quote, I don't think it was that big of a deal, but evidently it was, honestly. It's my history, Hardy said. Person I had to talk to every week. The other week, I went, I was asked to go to rehab. I had to report back to him, and then I got sick of that because I felt like I had to keep doing it just to keep my job. I guess I could have said, look, I'm not doing this anymore, and I feel trapped. If you'd like to read more about what Jeff Hardy had to say about the infamous evening that happened back in December, which ultimately led him to leaving WWE and joining AEW, follow Matthew Wilkinson as he has all the information trending right now over on wrestling. Eddie Kingston is also making news at this hour for AEW. One individual who's definitely making waves in AEW and in the world of professional wrestling is longtime veteran Eddie Kingston. Eric Mutter is writing in at this hour. Eddie Kingston enters the discourse regarding MJF and AEW. Last night, the wrestling world watched as MJF fired off the most talked about promo and the newest version of the pipe bomb occurred according to many people in the wrestling business. As the world continues to react to MJF's promo, not to mention the weekend that led up to the promo, one man who appears to have no time for the AEW star is Eddie Kingston. The man will be part of the second ever AEW Blood and Guts match. He took to Twitter this afternoon to seemingly comment on MJF's notorious eight-minute pipe bomb, and then he then said the last. Having a big ego is disgusting, King T Kingston tweeted. Ha ha ha, I mean, but you know what? It's just stirring the pot. If you'd like to follow more about what Eddie Kingston had to say, definitely go ahead and follow Wrestling Inc. and Eric Mutter, who has all of the details trending right now. Let's talk a little Forbidden Door. Kelly Hulett is writing in at this hour from Wrestling Inc. There's been a correction on rumored AEW New Japan Forbidden Door match, but what is it? Now, the report of Hangman Adam Page versus Okada at AEW New Japan Forbidden Door, we have learned, is incorrect. Dave Meltzer also corrected his 
original report from the latest edition of Wrestling Observer Radio. Now, according to Meltzer via Twitter, the match is not planned for the pay-per-view as the lineup is being kept secret at this time. Not many people know exactly what's going to be happening or what matches are officially set in stone. Now, the Forbidden Door pay-per-view was first announced on April 20th on that episode of Dynamite. Now, as noted, the other matches that was reportedly on the lineup was CM Punk defending the AEW world title against Tanahashi. While that match has not yet been confirmed, yesterday on AEW Dynamite, Tanahashi did appear after Punk demanded to know who he was going to face. Once again, nothing is set in stone, and everything right now is considered to be very fluid. Now, the AEW New Japan Forbidden Door pay-per-view is scheduled for Sunday, June the 26th from the United Center in Chicago, Illinois. If you'd like to find out more about that, Kelly Hulet is writing in at this hour for Wrestling Inc., and she has all of the details. Let's talk a little WWE. WWE announces first NFT collection for WWE Moonsault. Kelly Houlette is also writing in this hour, WWE announced that their first NFT, non-fungible tokens marketplace, Moonsault is launching its first collection. Moonsault will debut as its first official NFT collection on Friday, June the 3rd. The marketplace launch was announced today by WWE Senior Vice President and Head of Revenue Strategy and Development Scott Zingley and Blockchain Creative Labs CEO Scott Greenberg. Now, the limited edition is linked to this Sunday's Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. Now, According to the press release, the collection will include 10,000 NFT flips after one Hell in the Cell. Each flip will transform into a 10 to 20 second highlight video of the featured superstar. The NFT flips will be sold on Moonsault in case, cases of three and they will cost $30 per case. If you'd like to read the entire press release, go on over to Wrestling Inc. as Kelly Hewlett has all of the information trending right now at this hour. Once again, if you're enjoying what we are doing, Headlines is your one-stop shop to everything pro wrestling. We bring you news from WWE, AEW, New Japan, Impact, and so many others. Let's go ahead and let's stay in the world of WWE. Dominic D'Angelo is writing at this hour, Joe Gacy believes upcoming change will help WWE NXT immensely. So what is he talking about? Well, one would imagine Joe Gacy is excited to compete against Braun Breaker for the NXT title at NXT In Your House, but he's also looking forward to taking his show on the road. In an exclusive interview, Gacy spoke with Wrestling Inc. Nick Hausman about the news that NXT will be making towns once again starting on Friday, June the 10th. He said in a quote, I'm so excited. This is going to be my first time traveling with the company, Gacy stated. I came in during the pandemic, so things were very different when I first got here. Minus going to Dallas for Stand and Deliver and then subsequently WrestleMania. This was the very surreal experience. This is my only time I got to travel for the company, but being able to finally hit the road and go to all these different towns and cities is going to be great. Hopefully more will be coming up and I'll be able to enjoy that. I'll finally get to see the different NXT crowds that are out there and I think it's going to be amazing. Now prior to joining WWE, Joe Gacy actively wrestled on the independence for years. Now that time on the independence allowed him to work in front of live crowds before the pandemic came along and that took a lot of experience with him. Now a Gacy himself looks forward to working in front of crowds again for his fellow NXT 2.0 stars. They'll be wrestling in front of live audiences also for the first time out of the Performance Center, and that experience, once again, will be coming very, very soon. If you'd like to read more about what Joe Gacy had to say about going back and traveling on the road with NXT, definitely check out the article that Dominic D'Angelo is writing right now over at Wrestling Inc. Let's go ahead and let's continue our discussions about what's happening in the world of WWE. Now, as we all know, WWE is mainly a production of 
the theatrics. Now, a lot of people say that WWE is one of the most highly regarded wrestling companies in the world, but theatrics is definitely a big one with them. One of their biggest characters in the 1990s was Mick Foley, also known as Mankind and Dude Love. Well, Mick Foley is now taking to the world of podcasting. He's sharing all of his legendary stories. And speaking of which, Marco Rivera is writing in at this hour. Mick Foley reveals the last time he spoke with Vince McMahon. The art starts out with him sharing. In September of 2021, WWE paid tribute to America and the eve on the 20th anniversary of the September 11th attacks on Friday night SmackDown and Saturday night's WWE Super Show in Washington, D.C. WWE provided fans with several marquee matches, but one superstar who had direct ties to the terrible incident was missing from both shows. WWE Hall of Famer Mick Foley recently revealed that his personal exclusion from both shows made him very angry, and he spoke to Vince McMahon about it. He would go on to say, The last time I interacted with Vince when I was really angry, and I was very upset what he had done. Foley said during the first episode of Foley's Pod, Zelina Vega didn't get to work on the 9-11 memorial show either. They lost her dad in those towers, and I was freaking angry. I was really angry, and I don't know much about all the details, but I did know that she stayed silent, and it's not right when it comes to something like that in the business. I was just upset about that. Foley says he always takes the side of talent. Now, didn't reveal McMahon's response when Foley brought up why Vega was treated the way she was. He did, however, want to know what McMahon was going to say. If you'd like to read more about what Vince McMahon and Mick Foley's interaction was, is it regards to the September 11th Memorial Show, which Foley stood up for one of his comrades. Check out the article that is trending right now over on Wrestling Inc. Let's take a look at some updates with Ring of Honor. Many people are wondering when Ring of Honor is officially going to come back. Now, Tony Khan mentioned several months ago that he purchased the Ring of Honor company, and he's been working diligently to try to get some TV time for Ring of Honor. Eric Mutter's writing in this hour a big update on Ring of Honor's next show and where it could be. Tony Khan's Ring of Honor hasn't been seen since Supercard of Honor, which was in April. In the interim, Khan has continued to search for potential avenues to get Ring of Honor back on weekly TV. Now, a new report suggests that Ring of Honor TV may still be a ways away. Another Ring of Honor show seems, though, to be on the horizon. According to Fightful Select, AEW has been told that Khan is looking to run a Ring of Honor pay-per-view, Death Before Dishonor, on the weekend of July the 23rd. Now, the event would take place in Lowell, Massachusetts, where several Ring of Honor shows have taken place in the past, including Ring of Honor, Best in the World 2017, where Cody Rhodes defeated Christopher Daniels for the ROH World Championship. This would line up well with AEW's schedule, as AEW Dynamite is scheduled to take place in Worcester, Massachusetts on July the 27th. Now, despite the return to pay-per-view, Fightful also noted that there's unfortunately still no update on when Ring of Honor may ever return to TV. They also speculate that Ring of Honor running July 23rd is potentially connected to New Japan moving an event to July 24th to a week earlier to now to July 17th. The show under New Japan's strong banner is scheduled to take place in Charlotte, North Carolina. Now, no potential matches has even been released right now for Death Before Dishonor because well, they just don't have them yet. Now, it would be expected that if there was going to be a show, current Ring of Honor World Champion Jonathan Gresham, 
ROH TV Champion Samoa Joe, Ring of Honor Pure Champion Wheeler Yuta, and the Tag Team Champions FTR and Women's Champion Mercedes Martinez would be involved. While Gresham has not appeared in AEW since Battle of the Belts, and Yuta has been busy with wrestling in the Super Juniors for New Japan, Joe, Martinez, and FTR have all remained on AEW television. Joe is currently involved with a feud with Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, and Satnam Singh, and he's yet to have a match in the trios division. While, meanwhile, Martinez has defeated her Ring of Honor Women's Championship several times on AEW Dark Elevation, retaining it over Trish Adora, Hyann, and Matereza. As for FTR, the duo retained the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions when they beat Rapungi Vice. If you'd like to find out more about what's going on with the potential of a new Ring of Honor show, check out Eric Mutter as he has all the information trending right now over on Wrestling Inc. Dakota Cohen's writing in at this hour. Tony Khan confirms new AEW titles. Well, they've already been made. Fans have been asking for a specific set of titles, and Tony Khan has now officially created them. I have the belts, Khan revealed to the Corner Podcast. I possess the trio's belts, so it's going to happen. AEW has multiple teams on the roster who would definitely be able to compete for it, such as the House of Black, Death Triangle, the Blackpool Combat Club, Jurassic Express, and even the tag team champions FTR along with world champion CM Punk. So many trios that Tony Khan decided that it was time to introduce a brand new championship belt. Now, Khan has also stated that he didn't want to release the belts and start the new division until Kenny Omega came back. However, we're still waiting to find out when Kenny Omega will come back. Now, once again, he is the longest reigning champion right now in AEW, which is Omega. Omega has been on the shelf with multiple injuries, and he had his last match at full gear of 2021, where he lost the championship after 346 days to Adam Hangman Page. Many believe that we might not see Kenny Omega live in a match, probably for at least three to four additional months at the earliest. But we will keep you posted and keep following Dakota Cohen for all the intriguing information when it comes to AEW and the new trios. Scarlett Bordeaux is making news at this hour. Kelly Hulett is also writing in. Scarlett Bordeaux's latest major pro wrestling appearance has now officially been announced. Scarlett Bordeaux's Major League Wrestling in-ring debut is now officially set. MLW announced today that Bordeaux will be making her MLW in-ring debut at Battle Riot on June the 23rd. Her opponent has yet to be announced, but according to the press release, Cesar Duran is meeting with several potential opponents. Major League Wrestling is excited that Scarlett will be making her debut once again in New York City's Melrose Ballroom on June the 23rd, and they will also be doing a subsequent MLW Fusion TV tapings. Now, tickets are limited at this time, but definitely go over to MLWNYC.com and on Eventbrite to get all of your tickets. If you'd like to find out more about Scarlett's brand new appearance at Major League Wrestling, Kelly Houlette has all of that trending right now over on Wrestling. Let's go ahead and let's give you some more news and updates right now. Marco Rivera is writing in at this hour. WWE star reveals what he learned from John Cena. WWE superstar Theory, formerly known as Austin Theory, openly acknowledged himself as being a huge fan of John Cena. The 16-time world champion having a major influence on his childhood lending himself to constantly comparing these two wrestlers together. The youngest ever United States champion has also stated that Cena has been very helpful to him in the past, including the first time they met in WWE NXT, where Theory told him how influential he was in his life. During an interview with the New York Post, the 24-year-old went in depth when he got his advice from Cena throughout the years, directly and indirectly at times, giving some insight into the mindset of 
the leader of C Nation. He would go on to say, and I quote, Honestly, man, not even advice from him could even match what he has done, Theory said. Watching him as I was growing up, the whole never give up slogan, as cheesy as people may think that it sounds, it, well, it was great. The never give up mentality is really what helped me through different times in my life. It got me to this point, something that's been an inspiration for me and definitely somebody that's been a big influence on me and helped guiding my way. If you'd like to read more about what Theory has to say about his interactions with WWE legend John Cena, Marco Rivera has all all the news trending right now over on Wrestling Inc. Somebody we haven't seen in quite some time, but we may see them again. AJ Mendez addressed whether she will ever wrestle again. Dakota Cohen is writing in this hour, if you're a fan of AJ Mendez, formerly known as AJ Lee, don't hold your breath if you're waiting for her to return to the world of professional wrestling. Now, the latest news is this, and I quote, I'm going to keep it feeling great by not wrestling. My body feels wonderful, she said, discussing her late career neck injury during a recent appearance on The Sessions with Renee. I hurt my neck really bad in that last year and it happened in the ring. I thought I was going to be paralyzed, which was the scariest thing. Now, AJ Lee originally made her WWE debut on season three of NXT way back in 2010 when it was still kayfabe and it was still considered a game show. Then she came in third place behind Naomi and eventual winner Caitlyn, but all three were eventually hired in WWE. Now, many people know that she had an incredible successful career in WWE, minus the bad neck injury that she had towards the end of her run in WWE. Right now, it's still not determined whether or not she would even remotely consider it, but she said it here. I fucked up the move, she said. I jumped a little too early and I landed on the top of my head. I couldn't feel my legs. And they were like, you you, you gotta sell to the hard cam still. I was whispering, I can't feel my legs. And then I just rolled over and I tried to sell as hard as I can for the hard cam. And then when I got my feeling back, I went to the doctor. It turned out that my discs were so compacted, it was shutting off a nerve, so my hands got numb randomly. I had the option to do surgery to alleviate all the pain and to do rehab, and I went the rehab route. I was doing rehab, and I was still on the road as champion. My hands would still go numb, but other than that, I consider myself to be very lucky. If you would like to read more about what she has to say about not only her injuries, but what potential she would ever do considering a return to wrestling, Dakota Cohen has the answers right now trending over in her article on Wrestling Inc. Dominic D'Angelo is writing in right now. Mixed ratings results for WWE NXT in your house go home show. Dominic D'Angelo is right in at this hour. WWE NXT can use a bit of a downward trend in ratings despite having an NXT in your house on tap for this weekend. Now, according to Showbuzz Daily, the go-home episode of the show garnered 534,000 viewers in total, 27,000 less than the previous week's program. That's a 3% drop in viewership. Now, the episode found itself going against America's Got Talent on NBC, which garnered 6.3 million, and the NHL Eastern Conference Finals between the Edmonton Oilers and the Colorado Avalanche. That got 1.8 million. Now, NXT also saw a drop in the heralded 18 to 49 demographics with only a 0.12. That's down from the 0.13 from the prior episode. Despite that, the program was up and they were number 37 in that spot compared to where they were the prior week, which was number 43. As far as comparisons go from last year, it's much different. The June 1st, 2021 episode of NXT garnered 668,000 viewers and a 0.19 rating in the 18 to 49. That meant there's 130. 
34,000 drop of the year as far as total viewership. If you'd like to go ahead and find out more about the metrics of NXT, cruise on over to Wrestling Inc. and Dominic D'Angelo has that article trending right now. Continuing, Dominic D'Angelo also has a comment about CM Punk. The recently crowned AEW World Champion had an interaction last night that not everybody got a chance to see. Now, what was it? CM Punk pursued MJF after the reportedly frustrated star delivered his own version of the pipe bomb on last night's AEW Dynamite. MJF left no stone unturned when he went to express his frustrations in front of a raucous crowd at the Kia Forum in Los Angeles. The young AEW star delivered a fiery promo that spoke to his own heart and his own power and how he was disparaged by AEW, specifically President Tony Khan. The segment ended with Friedman getting bleeped by the censors as he spewed profanities and then the feed cut to black and went to commercial. Now, Twitter user Fadeaway LeBron captured an off-the-air segment which occurred during the post-promo commercial break where Punk came out to seemingly speak with MGF. Friedman abruptly left the ring and made his way through the crowd. If you'd like to go ahead and see that exact interaction, at FadeawayLeBron has that trending right now over on Twitter. Let's go ahead and let's talk about some new tapings that are going to be happening for AEW Dark, which happened in Los Angeles. Matthew Carlins is also writing in at this hour. Top Joshi star debuts at AEW Dark Elevation tapings in Los Angeles. Now, there are going to be some spoilers for AEW Dark Elevation, so if you watch the show, you might not want to listen to this story. Three matches were recorded for an upcoming episode of AEW Dark Elevation before Wednesday night's live broadcast of AEW Dynamite. One of them featured the debut of one of their top stars in Japan. Now, the AEW brand has garnered a lot of attention, and Yamahashiera was there at the Elevation tapings, teaming up with Sky Blue to face Nyla Rose and Serena Deeb. Her team lost the match when Deeb tapped out to Blue. Deem is coming off her AEW Women's Championship loss of Thunder Rosa at the last weekend's Double or Nothing pay-per-view. Elevation also saw featured stars get victories, such as Frankie Kazarian, but then he was on a losing end of the six men at Double or Nothing against the Death Triangle, who also lost a war with House of Black due to Julia Hart turning heel. If you'd like to find out more about the Joshi star that showed up at the AEW Dark Elevation tapings, cruise on over and Matthew Carlins has all of that trending right now on Wrestling Inc. Eric Mutter is writing in at this hour, former WWE star has officially left Impact Wrestling. Tonight's episode of Impact Wrestling will be a memorable one as it will be the last time you will see a certain Impact star with the company. PW Insider is reporting that W. Morrissey has departed with Impact, effective immediately. As such, his match on tonight's episode of Impact Wrestling, in which he'll team with PCO to take on Moose and Steve Macklin, will be his official swan song for the promotion. While PW Insider does not give a potential destination for Morrissey, they noted that he could easily connect the dots to see where his next location could be. Morrissey recently appeared on an episode of AEW Dynamite in a loss to Wardlow, suggesting a possible relationship could have been started between the two. Now, after the match with Wardlow, however, it was reported that WWE officials have been highly impressed with Morrissey's performance, indicating they might be interested in bringing the big man back to the company. Morrissey worked for WWE from 2011 to 2018 as Colin Cassidy and later just turned up as Big Cass as part of the tag team with Enzo Amore. The two were enormously popular in NXT and continued to be on the main roster. Though they never won the tag team champions, Morrissey eventually turned on, um, turned on Enzo and they split up the team. 
If you'd like to go ahead and find out more about where W. Morrissey may show up, go ahead and continue to follow Eric Mutter as he has all the information trending right now over at Wrestling Inc. Dominic D'Angelo is writing in this hour, Court Bauer, not expected, recently released WWE stars to show up in MLW. What does he mean by that? Parker is officially a free agent, but don't expect him to be in MLW anytime soon. The former Harland in NXT 2.0 waited out on the clock for his 30-day no-compete, which came to an end on May 30th. Now, that's plenty of speculation to where the former collegiate football standout may land after WWE. One of the promotions that created a lot of favor with him was MLW. However, MLW CEO Court Bauer took to Twitter to dispel any notion that the star may be coming. Don't expect to see Parker in MLW, Court tweeted. I wish him the best in the future. If you'd like to find out more what's happening with MLW, you can follow them on social media at MLW Wrestling, and you can also follow Court Bauer at Court Bauer. Let's go ahead and let's talk a little bit about the tag team division in WWE. Matthew Wilkinson is reporting at this hour. Backstage news on Matt Riddle and Shinsuke Nakamura's WWE tag title shot. Riddle and Shinsuke Nakamura upcoming undisputed tag team championship match is not slated to take place at Hell in a Cell according to Dave Meltzer on the latest edition of Wrestling Observer Radio. Now the duo defeated the Usos on Raw this week via disqualification after Jimmy Uso hit Riddle with his scooter and with a raw result Riddle and Nakamura became the number one contenders, but it appears as of right now, the plans for a title match, well, they're not going to be taking place. Instead, the match is expected to be taking place at WWE's Money in the Bank in Las Vegas on July the 2nd. The upcoming premium live event recently changed to a smaller venue after WWE announced that it would no longer be taking a place at a stadium show as advertised. Many believe right now that it was due to low responses to ticket sales. Now, this could be a sign that WWE may have to back off on some of their previously scheduled shows as far as seedings arrangements goes, but with WWE, you just never know. If you'd like to find out more about the Tag Team Championship match and about WWE's upcoming Hell in a Cell and Money in the Bank, Matthew Wilkinson has all of that information trending right now over on Wrestling Inc. Matthew Carlins is also writing Impact on Access TV preview for tonight, King vs. Christian and Yim versus Evans. For all of you Impact Wrestling fans, there's a big lineup that's going to be happening tonight at 8 p.m. The lineup for a title match at Slammiversary pay-per-view could change during tonight's Impact. Kenny King will face Blake Christensen. Now, King recently qualified for the Ultimate X for the X Division Championship at Slammiversary on June the 19th. However, if Christian wins tonight, he will take King's spot in the match. Now, Mia Yim will appear in singles action for the first time since her return to Impact last month. She'll go one-on-one -on -one against Savannah Evans. Rich Swan is the new Digital Impact champion. He dethroned Matt Cardona at Wrestling Revolver show that happened in Las Vegas this past weekend. Swan is set for a non-title match against Matthew Renwold. If you'd like to find out more about what will be happening, definitely go ahead and check out Impact Wrestling, which will be at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can also catch Impact Plus on YouTube and on Facebook. Stay tuned for all additional coverage over on Wrestling Inc. with Matthew Carlins. That is all the headlines that are trending right now on June the 2nd, 2022. If you enjoy our podcast, definitely go ahead and tag a friend. Let them know. Each and every day we bring you the latest headlines on everything that's happening in the world of pro wrestling keep in mind tomorrow we are dropping two huge episodes of 
Future Stars Now and Front Row Material. We have two great interviews that are going to be coming up. You're not going to want to miss them. Right now, that's going to do it for the show. My name is Mike Freeland, and we'll catch you tomorrow on another edition of Headlines. The world of MLW Radio never stops.